People have done it better than I can. I'm, uh, I'm probably just going to read something, honestly. <laughs> don't, don't blow the lead. Don't blow the lead, man. Uh, I was kind of just letting you guys know. Damn, Murr. That's some... <laughs> we're, we're sitting here trying to get through an intro, and Murr takes a giant swig. Look at that beautiful. Ah, thanks. Woo-wee. Foamy goodness is in there. I was like, I, don't, I didn't know White Claws foamed that good. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. I don't always drink the White Claws, okay? Actually, I um, crashed Wes's, what was it, your 20th uh, high school reunion? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And um, was down there, and you got this hazy IPA, man. And that is my that is my jam. <sighs> I just don't drink them because they're like 7.5%, and I get pretty fucked up. So tonight, today, I had a day. So today, I'm treating myself. So I'm treating myself to a little hazy IPA. Yeah, remember? Hazy little thing. You don't think about the hangover that you're going to have. Think about the good times now. Woo! Goddamn right. <clears throat> another, tomorrow. Another uh, another Valentine's Day in the bag. Did you guys do anything for you and your old lady, or was it just a? Uh, I I have my own feelings about Valentine's Day. It's not quite up there with the uh, the you know all the needless uh, wedding celebrations. The uh, the was it the gender reveals, the baby showers, the <clears throat> uh, what do they call Bob? Bridal shower? Don't they? Don't the don't the bridesmaids had to have a party for the bride in lieu of the wedding? Don't they have to do that as well? Yeah, like it's a, a bachelorette party, just like a bachelor party. No, just it, with... it, it's totally different. And they get they have to like gift them. They have to give them gifts and shit. Oh, what for the bachelorettes? No, like a big thank you. The bridesmaids who, not all bridesmaids are bachelorettes. By the way, uh, okay, just... I, that's what I meant. I'm sorry, I apologize. Yes, okay. So you're saying, okay, so they they throw women are so weird, man. That's why that's why Valentine's Day exists. Actually, women need affirmation, and men don't. And I believe that Valentine's Day is a hangover from a bygone era. You know, like the time where happy hours existed and men wore suits, even if they worked uh, the, at the gas station. They wore a tie uh, with a little clip on the front. They wore fucking wingtip shoes and shit. And they needed to be reminded that uh, once a year, you were to show romantic love to the woman in your life. And then move on with getting your soul crushed at a job that you hate for the rest of your days. <laughs> Once a year. That's it, right? Yeah. Oh, that's the only yeah. time romance. Yeah, because men weren't romantic that many years ago. We only have this romantic idea of what like romantic love is because of movies that started to come out in the golden age of film in the 1950s. It's like you, you have that, that big lustful kiss at the very end with no tongue, which is lame. <laughs> and then the lame credits with a lame font. In a really, really, really hot fucking like music bed. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> the like the, the drone shot pulling away, but it wasn't a drone. It's like someone tied to a fucking parachute getting cranked up. <laughs> Don't drop yes. the camera. All right, it's worth more than Fuck you. Frank. <laughs> Frank, the camera's worth more than Frank. If Frank falls, Frank, make sure the camera hits you in the chest on the way down. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's right. I, it's not that I dislike. I don't dislike Valentine's Day. I, I made dinner. Uh, as a matter of fact, where I, where I uh, grabbed dinner supplies, there were they, the supermarket had shelled out a fucking fuck ton of flowers, and there were dozens of men frantically just trying to like, oh, I gotta, gotta get something this evening. Gotta, 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 gotta get that flower. Gotta get them flowers and flowers and chocolates. And you know what? I bought some. I was like. Oh. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, and that's the least you can do. But, Alan, you and I are both married. Wes is still a, a bachelor in waiting. Um, so <laughs> um, what do you do? How, okay, how many years you've been married, and what do you do? Uh, it'll be five in, in like, a couple months. April, uh, right? Yeah, in April. Uh, and we do nothing. We actually don't, we don't like the holiday. Uh, we actually didn't, like, I think it was probably in bed, like, at the end of the day where she was like, Oh shit, it's Valentine's day. And I was like, Oh shit, it is like, so we both have the agreement that it just sucks. Uh, yeah, there's no, there's no need. We don't, we don't do anything for each other. I I think like my, if you want to be romantic with your significant other and you want to do it on Valentine's day, that's fine. That's, that's your relationship. Do it that day. Do it every other day. Don't do it at all. I don't, I don't give a shit. I think my, biggest hang-up is is the commercialized america that has convinced middle-class men that they need to fucking open up their pocketbooks that day and just give a little bit more for your love if you know what i mean i think it is a threat and i think most of us deal or most american men deal with commercialized women if you if you will Mm. like where they've bought into it and so the only reason the man is just simply going through the motions of satisfying the woman for if he does not buy the trinkets that she desires on the day that they're desired, then he will have some sort of, uh, you know, uh, mishap in his life. And he doesn't want that. So to avoid it, guys just go and they celebrate it in order to appease and, uh, and accomplish the mission. It's almost like a fucking video game where you have to do a certain amount of steps in order to level up. And if you don't level up, you're going back a level. Guys just don't want to go back a level, so they just do it. Thankfully, I think the three of us have found women who aren't so shallow and vain that they have to have these little sectors satisfied in order to, uh, you know, qualify our love. Well, I, I think in the same breath, I'm, I, I, I don't do this once a year. I'd try to be, you know, attentive and romantic and nice and polite and, you know, that is like shower her with gifts, but, you know, be more than once a year, you know? Sure. That way it's, like this, yeah. it's, 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 it's not watered down, but, uh, you know, it doesn't say it's not like, hey, God, Valentine's Day, you're not even going to do it for me on this day. I think, I think you're both kind of like onto something, right? Like, Murr, I think you're right. It is probably like, I think it was more modern, like, as I'm just kind of casually glancing through the history of Valentine's Day, like, it does seem like modern Valentine's Day picked up in, like, the 1800s, like, or, like, late in the 1700s. Mm. And it was like, oh, thanks for taking care of the kids and sitting here all day sweeping this dirt floor that we have. <laughs> I, appreci- I appreciate you, baby. Here are these flowers and some buttermilk for you to then cook dinners with. You know what I mean? And then it kind of progressed into, like, hey, baby. I work at the office all day and drink bourbon on the clock and then have dinner with my mistress. Thanks for taking care of the household and my white picket fence. Here's gifts. You know what I mean? And now we're into like this new modern age where it's just grown into like Wes said, a capitalistic venture where it's like, well, 
might as well just buy red and pink cards and chocolates and all types of shit and give them to your lady to say, hey, baby, I love you. Mm. Uh, You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think it is just a vestige of old times, and we're just fucking, and we have ladies, like you said, they're like, "Mm, fuck all that. We don't need that. I mean, I Maria called me from work, and you know we were like, hey, "Happy Valentine's Day!" Happy Valentine's Day. She's like, "Listen," I was like, "What's up?" She's like, "I didn't get you anything." I said, "Great, thank you." Mm-hmm. She's like, are, "Are you sure?" I was like, "Yes, yes, thank you." I don't want you to get me anything. I was like, "Babe, you don't even have to get me a card." She's like, "I'm gonna get you a card." I was like, "Fine, get me a card. Get me whatever you want, but don't think that we have to go." I was like, "If we have to show each other that we love each other through like dumb trinkets once a year." then we're doing something completely and utterly wrong. Yeah. So let's not worry about it. And, and But I still follow. I always get the flowers. I always get the card. And I always get her the Ferro Roger uh, chocolates. Uh, that's her thing. The chocolates. That, that's it. Yeah. That's Valentine's Day. And I cook her dinner. And it's just, in, and you know what? I'm okay with these little, I'm somewhat okay with these little things to kind of like, I don't know, as, as, as tradition. It's cool. I don't know, you know, like, why do Christmas then if we want to hold the same belief for all holidays? I just, yes, but I do think that there's a difference between IQ, people being smart, and EQ, people being emotionally smart. We're all pretty emotionally smart here, okay? Uh, There's guys like the Jersey Shore dudes that need to be reminded, like, oh, I got to prove to her that I love her every now and again. Uh Hey, perfect day, coming up, February 14th, let's do it. Yeah. They have to be reminded. Let's get reservations at a restaurant yeah. that was full a month ago. I'm sure there's like a, I'm sure there's like some correlation to like the general shittiness of the person as a partner and the ex- extravagance that they go to on Valentine's. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like I don't, I don't really buy gifts. Like I, I would struggle to buy Kelly a gift because like we're also we don't have children. So we're in that position where, like, we just kind of buy what we want when we want it. Like, she's like, oh, I like these shoes. Uh, okay. Are they more than $500? Why are you telling me? Just get them. Go away. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, I, uh, yeah, it just seems weird. There's, like, no purpose in my relationship for this day to give her stuff that she already fucking buys when she wants right. it. Right. Anyway. Mm. Like, yeah. Unless she, like, oh, okay, cool. Unless she gets get yourself some, like, uh. See, what I like to do is I like to get chocolates that I know I'm going to like. So, for instance, I got these tr- red velvet cake truffles. Woo-wee! I was like, these are just for you. Except after I have a few beers, I'm going to have a few for myself. I will say, I'm probably going to sidetrack us here for a second. But okay. the only thing that I was like that might have been Valentine's-y was that like I got sanctioned to, I'm sure, have you been on the internets recently and seen these big red boots? Like the Astro Boy boots that fucking... <laughs> Like, hold on. Here, I'll, I'll bring them up for you. Yeah, please do. Cause, yeah. <laughs> oh, Astro man. Astro Boy boots. Yeah, Astro Boy boots. Like, Google Astro Boy, uh, and you'll see what I'm talking about. So. Okay, like, yeah. I see this is like a, a an old 60s yeah, yeah, Japanese yeah, yeah, uh, character. Here, share my, uh, Go for it. Share my screen. Uh, Dark Horse Comics published uh, an English translation in 2002. The story follows Astro Boy. An android young boy with human emotions who's created by Iramato. Let me share that one. Hold on. I, mean, I, could, I could bring up a. a yeah, if you, you if you got it, I mean, go for it. Um, I don't know why it wasn't letting me. So, is there a hot new trend with some really stupid boots? Oh, yeah, dude. So, uh, I was, like I said, I was given the sanction um, 
library to buy these boots. Like, if you just type in big red boots, yeah, I just feel like we're gonna get flagged for some reason. Like, no, no, no. Okay, having... okay, okay. Can you see this? Yeah. All right, we're doing oh, we're a little screen. Uh, yeah. I'll stop. Yeah. Aren't these? they like? Aren't they like Kanye's boots or something? Isn't that something? Uh, no, no, they're not. So there's this company that makes ridiculous shit. Like, this is kind of their thing. Is they make like fashion, like. I did, had no idea about them until I found these boots. Um, and you're buying them? They make, like, they make, like, fashion, but the whole point is to make, like, shit outrageous. Like, almost cartoon, cartoony outrageous. Um, so, yeah, these are the boots. And she did sanction the purchase of these bad boys. Uh, oh, but I got on, and I could. the fucking site was basically a fucking wasteland. Uh, like, you could barely fucking load the website. They were 350 bucks. They Jesus. are... They're made. They are made out of like croc material. So, hmm. word on the street is they mad comfy. Uh, but oh man, I was so excited to wear these fucking things around, like <laughs> just for pure fucking comedic value. Also, the resale value is like triple what they were worth. Uh, so I was totally gonna buy some, but I couldn't get a pair. Okay, well, good. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad the world did you a favor by. Not Shit. being in stock. They did not, buddy. I'd have been. You see me traipsing around fucking Baltimore, new boot goofing, just yeah. fucking all over the place. <laughs> About thirty seconds before you got gacked on the corner. Uh, probably. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's a good possibility. Yeah. Would have been worth it while, while, while I was running. Should travel with it. Should fly somewhere with those boots on in the, in the yeah. air. Take, take them off at security and shit. Are you still going to take shoes off at security? Yes, sir. Take those off. <laughs> all right. Just just lay down and put my legs up and have TSA pull them off me. Can't, can't even get them through the fucking, the, the whatever, you know, where you got to put all the luggage in your shit. Got to funnel them through one at a time. I yeah. got to check them. I got to, I can't even fit them in, in the plane. I got to check them. Yeah. Like a bag. <laughs> all, all your uh, your feet underneath the front, like can't go, can't go underneath nope. the seat in front of me. Yeah, they forced me to seat upgrade because of my boots. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> God. Well, if you do get them, let me know. I want. Oh I God, want if I can find them for less than a thousand dollars at this point, it's it's on. What do you see? Big red boots sale. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, go to like StockX. I bet, I bet you they're on there. <laughs> this is <laughs> no, no yeah. one buy these. Why are you doing this? Yeah. What is the purpose? Don't hate fun. All right. Let's, uh, yeah. Uh, they're going for fourteen hundred on StockX right now. They were three fifty, uh, MSRP. Let's make some knockoffs. Come on, let's get into the shoe let's biz. Let's fucking know? do it. If fourteen hundred dollars can't be that hard. I know. We just gotta start making shit. Like, yeah. you know, like uh, remember Jack Black in Orange County with another hat? Like, I bet whatever that is, I bet you we could make it right now and sell millions of. Yeah, we could make an evaporator spray. Yeah, no, in no time. It won't, <laughs> yeah, it won't make shit disappear, but easy. <laughs> it'd be a good gag gift. Yeah. Wow, that is a deep. That's another deep cut movie on Wes's part, isn't that Ben Stiller and Jack Black? That's right. I think I think so. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He invents the evaporator. Ben Stiller wants nothing to do with it, and, <laughs> and Jack Black ends up making gajillions. That's it was right. A, a Bill what Gates. Movie is that? Uh, I'd, I'd have to. I'd, uh, evaporator. <laughs> I like he doesn't even know what fucking obscure film. I know. But the funny thing is, I've watched the movie. It's about Ben Stiller being completely jealous. Jack Black is more than more than generous. I think yeah. They live underneath the power lines. Or Envy. <laughs> Envy. Is it called Envy? Yeah. 
Yeah, Envy 2004. This might be another good bad movie. That is a good bad movie. That is a a bad good movie. Now that we talk about it. We'll get a good bad movie review coming your way uh, later in the show. Alan picked an excellent selection. We talked a little bit about it last week. Middle class holes, everyone. Murr, Alan, Foxman. Hey, gentlemen, we like to party, especially in big red boots. And apparently people in New Zealand and Australia like to as well, because uh, somewhere uh, out on the Pacific Ocean, just off the shore of uh, what what seems to be or appears to be Australia, a little north of New Zealand, uh, officials found, get this, 3.2 tons of cocaine uh worth about 500 million new zealand 316 million american i like this this is one of the best statistics i read of this thing uh this is coming from i don't know if it was like an official uh new zealand police commissioner he said quote we believe there was enough cocaine to service the australian market for about one year it would be more it would be more than enough to service new zealand for about 30 years so apparently wow. the new zealanders don't uh don't party as much as the Australian brethren. Well, I mean, I don't. The sheep ain't getting down like the, the folks in downtown. Um, that's a lot of cocaine. It was found like just eight. What they say they called it like eighteen. It said cont- bales just floating, just floating in the ocean. Yeah, well, those uh, the cartels like when they see when they see something on the horizon, they'll just dump. And so I just wonder if that's just like a bunch of like. And then you got Trash Island out there too, right? Like, isn't there like some kind of weird current system that causes all like the plastic to to coalesce into a giant island? And I'm wondering if just over the years, all this cocaine, just like a bale here, a couple bales there, has just eventually like coalesced into like Cocaine Island. <laughs> so we need to get we actually check that. I don't think I want to get into the big red boot business. I want to go down the Trash Island and see what we can scavenge. Ah, but they're two. They're the same business. See, the big red boots allow you to walk on water to go collect your cocaine. That's true. You just flip. <laughs> yeah. Now I've I've heard of situations where, let's say, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> some scumbag gets apprehended by the police. He takes off and ditches a little bag of uh, of grass. You know, back when it was illegal. Cop catches him, handcuffs him. Like we're walking back. We're finding out. Were you? I saw you throw that bag. And then they catch it, and he's like, mm, "That wasn't me." Now, okay. A little dime bag in the late 90s, early 2000s is a far cry from like, hey, looks like it's New Zealand police. Dump 81 bales over the sh- over the <laughs> boat. Get it off of here. We're going. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's not just like a couple of cronies fucking pushing these things off the side. Unless they had on a dinghy tied to a rope and you just cut the rope. I think there's a movie where like something similar to this happens and then the rest of the movie is them trying to figure out how to fish it all out and I don't know how how it ends not well for the people that are trying to collect the bales of uh of cocaine but I wonder if there is maybe maybe okay we'd have to obviously work off the books here I wonder if there's like a recovery operation amongst the people who distribute this kind of shit cuz I mean New Zealand's an island so there's no way to get. The, I mean, unless unless you're in the backwoods where they filmed Lord of the Rings, like stomping on coca leaves with fucking kerosene and fucking gasoline. Like, I, how do you get cocaine on or off the island? Hmm. You got to bring it there by boat, ship, or sub, right? Which are two of the same thing, and one or the other, or up your butt in uh, in a plane. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, straight up get into the Greek style. Just bloop, right up in there. Jesus. Uh. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. 
So what was the point that you had to bring it by ship? You have to bring it by ship, but I mean, obviously they've had to. I don't think this was all jettisoned on one adventure, okay. if you will. I'm saying like this is like years of like, hey, I think I see the popo on the horizon. Let's go ahead and dump dump the cargo now, and then they need. And there's no apparently there's no cocaine recovery system. I'm just saying, black ops <clears throat> operation. Right. We offer our services. We get ourselves a speedboat. We wear ridiculous boots and some sunglasses, and we go out, and it's like, hey, what are you boys doing out here? Like, ah, we're just partying, man. And then when they leave, we go collect all the bales of cocaine. We go back to New Zealand, yeah, and we live for 30 years free. Some uh, Something tells me that we have to have a little bit of a better cover story than, hey, we're partying, man, for the New Zealand Navy. Uh, but, you know, maybe not too terribly different. Maybe you just got to do a good New Zealand accent. Do you have a good New Zealand I know it's slightly different than the Aussie accent. Hey, we're partying, man. <laughs> that, ter- 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 terrible, terrible at it. Right, I got to work on it. Okay, fair enough. You're, you're close up to the uh, stupid American laugh. That wasn't bad. <laughs> it's like my, my, my Ben Hogan. Or wait, no, Paul Hogan. Sorry, Ben Hogan was the golfer. I get I get Ben, Paul, and Hawk mixed up all the time. Oh, that's easy. I can see that. Yeah, a, a, they all look they all look alike. A pro golfer from the '50s, an actor from the '80s, and the you know arguably one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all. They time. all they all had a similar aesthetic. Mm. Um, lots of sweaters and fucking leather leather fucking crocodile hats <laughs> on all three of them. <laughs> not Ben, not the pro golfer. Okay, <laughs> dressed like a fifties pro golfer. I'm aware. Yeah. That's what we do. Would you say we're we're looking for Ben Hogan, Paul Hogan, one of the Hogans, the Hogan family? Yeah, yeah, that'll do. Yeah. See did these big Paul, red boots. Did you know Paul Hogan was like the um, like the the Benny Hill of like Australia for a long time before he became Crocodile Dundee? That was his. Uh, that was his claim to fame. That's how he got uh, in the biz. Yeah, no, he did like stupid slapstick, like a stupid slapstick sketch show. Like he would walk around on the beach and then trip and his face would fall into a woman's ass crack. And then he'd have to like, you know, run away from the big steroided out boyfriend and just Uh, dumb shit like that. That was Paul Hogan. He was a slapstick like Mr. Bean comedian. And then all of a sudden they were like, we need an Aussie that can actually act. And then Paul Hogan pretended he could act and became Crocodile Dundee. One of the most iconic characters of all time. Yeah. Wait, huh. you're gonna th- know that. you're gonna throw around one of the most iconic characters of all time. That's that you're just willy nilly with that title. Uh, that's I, I would probably agree with them there. Thank you. Yeah, if, you think Australia? You think fucking death by wild animal? Yeah, and fucking Paul. Yeah, Paul. Paul Hogan. So you're saying Aust- Australian? <clears throat> Characters, yeah. okay. Are we, you're talking New Zealand. Is he from New Zealand? I'm, no, I'm talking. I'm talking it's the same fucking place. He's I'm talking. talking film characters. I'm talking film fucking characters. If I said that's not a knife, that's a knife. Yeah, you'd know exactly who that is. Hundred percent. How many movie characters can you do that with? Dozens. Sure. Maybe is that <laughs> that's, that's dozens isn't like a lot though. <laughs> it's less than like a hundred. I say like over a hundred is hundreds. Okay, and I would say that makes Crocodile Dundee one of the most iconic movie characters of all time. So iconic that, like, what, two years ago, like, Australia put together this really covert ops, like, uh, Visit Australia campaign where they pretended they were making Crocodile Dundee 3, like, and, and what's his, uh, oh, shit, uh, the guy... 
played the baseball player. Uh, Tom fuck. Selleck? <laughs> Kenny Powers. Okay. <laughs> Bernie Mac? <laughs> they, had, they had Kenny Powers. Pre- <laughs> they had Kenny Powers pretending to be uh, Crocodile Dundee's son. And then uh, Chris Hemsworth comes along. Kenny McBride. They had that huge... And everybody, yeah, everybody got fucking excited about another Crocodile Dundee movie. And then Australia was like, just kidding, mate. Come visit Australia. Rightio. <laughs> but I, I'm still hung up at the most iconic characters of all time. That's fine. I, hey, look, it's subjective. It's your list. It's your, you know, maybe it's we not can... subjective. That's the problem. And that's where you're wrong. It's not subjective. He, you're saying he's more of an iconic. He's not even the most in his country. That'd be Mad Max. I don't even know if Mad Max was technically in Australia. I think that was just like it was made in Australia. Future Australia after the the, the rapture came. So. Yeah, I don't think it was supposed to be Australia at all. Can like story wise, where does yeah, Mad it, Max take place? It just so happens that's that like Mel Gibson. Like, that's like being like Lord of the Rings happened in New Zealand. No, I mean no, it happened in Middle Earth, motherfucker. Middle Earth just doesn't exist, and they happen to use New Zealand as a fucking set. Mm. Like exactly. <laughs> I'm looking at looking at it right you. here. The writers say the series follows a uh, adventures of some something something a, a police officer in a future Australia. Okay. Oh, huh. Who knew? Okay. That's what fine. You, you knew. I knew. That's who, motherfuckers. What? You had to look it up. You didn't know. What, what you is, did I just pull you this out of my ass? Uh, nonsense. Nonsense. Yes, you did. You did. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yes, you did. The answer to that question is yes. If I asked 100 people who the most iconic Australian movie character is, they would, I'm, I'm going to say, I, oh, man, I would almost bet that nobody would say Mad Max. Was his name even Max in Mad Max? Yeah, the fuck was it was Max. It was Max. I think it was like no one's gonna, no one's gonna be like mm, definitely Max from Mad Max. They're gonna be like fucking Crocodile Dundee. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there like a? You're gonna be like Steve Irwin. He wasn't even a character. <laughs> he kind of was in character. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't there like a kangaroo that was a, like a cartoon character? Oh, there was. There was that movie with Anthony Anderson, right? <sighs> yeah, yeah. See, we so might get some people. I think that it was like, Kangaroo he... Jack. Actually. That's it. That's it. See, might get that guy. <clears throat> no, nah, probably not. I'm still look, mad at not, you. Look, I'm actually not a whole lot down there. You got to pick and choose your battles. But I'm like, I'm internal. I'm like really like mad at Wes right now, though. Like I, I like because he's such a movie guy. I just feel like him denying the the, the credibility of Crocodile Dundee is just it's hurtful. Listen, actually, when, when you start throwing out titles like that yeah i'm gonna get a little <clears throat> like pick your pick the, one of the most iconic characters in all of cinema yeah i, I still i can't yeah. i mean even if you're saying like a top in the top 100 i still say in the the pantheon of cinema that's that's still a high number even if he's number 100 uh, all right so like for argument's sake wes mm-hmm. who b- barring a top 20 fucking star. Okay. Who who falls on that list that's not Crocodile Dundee? So, if you okay, you're throwing some pretty cri- tight criteria. Yeah, because well, I don't want you to be like, well, fuck Tom Hanks. All right, got it. We, no. Not the obvious shit. <laughs> like, like Michael Corleone would, and, and, and Godfather. Uh, or or yeah, maybe Brando, that's, but okay. I think that's still fucking very high up okay. the list. I'm talking, you know, I need, I need you to give me fucking the lead the lead in the movie that I'm about to talk to you about later today, like that kind of obscurity, like 
Napoleon Dynamite. I'd venture to say probably a top 100 fucking movie character of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. we argue that? No, you no. can't. He and he didn't even get a sequel. Crocodile Dundee, uh, an obscure Australian like movie, mm-hmm. was so high grossing in the States that they needed, to, they, they were like, fuck, let's ride this cash cow to another one. Let's bring him to LA. Right. So you like, I was like, guys like John McClane are out. Uh, oh, I mean, obviously, I mean, yeah. John Rambo, John McClane, Neo. Yeah. I mean, these are high falutin motherfuckers. The Terminator. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rambo. Right. Yeah. Like, so it's kind of, I mean, it's almost like the, 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 this actor or actress can only be known for that. I mean, they've probably started some other stuff, but that's just like, the, you know, I gun to my head. I couldn't tell you something else Paul Hogan was in. Exactly. So it, like that almost has to make him that character one of the most iconic, does it not? It's weird. I'm making. I'm making. You know this guy for anything. I just want to see fucking honestly. I just want to see fucking Australian Bobby Hill or Benny Hill. Like, could you imagine fucking like they playing the Benny Hill music on like a didgeridoo and he's chasing fucking alligators and shit? Like that would be fucking phenomenal. Comedic value alone. Did he did he go by his his government name in that character? I think it was something else. It was like the Paul Hogan show. It was just like like the Benny Hill show, but it was the Paul Hogan show, and it was slapstick comedy. It was not. It was not Crocodile Dundee by any stretch, which tells me that Paul Hogan's got some range to him. Okay, he was a big. He was a big fucking deal. That's all I know. And your brother turned me on to this, and I watched some stupid episodes, and I was like, okay. I We're hope, done here. I, I hope fucking brother Dewey Love chimes in on this conversation. Yeah. I have I have a feeling he's got some older brother bullying of you to do. <laughs> Christ, he's eighty three. None of us guessed that he's going to die. And I, you know, I don't know. Crocodile doesn't does die. But check this out. I totally forgot this. He was in Flipper with Elijah Wood. Again, riding that fucking Dundee <laughs> fucking credibility to the yeah, bank. Exactly. Ooh, a thirty on Rotten Tomatoes. God, I don't don't remember that one. Yeah, oh, he, he was in another one where he was like a former boxer. Uh, I'll check this out in a minute, but fuck me, dude. The Paul Hogan show. Eleven seasons. Yeah. Twelve seasons. Sorry. Dude. Yeah, and you hadn't even heard of it till tonight, but you know who the fucking crocodile hunter is or whatever the fuck is the crocodile dundee is. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, sorry. I wasn't tapped into the uh, Australian TV market in the mid-80s. <laughs> <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> I, I should have I wound those uh, those bunny ears a little higher. Should have put a little more aluminum foil on them. Listen, buddy, you come at the prime minister, you best not miss. Right? <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, though. We should get ourselves some Pacific Ocean cocaine bales, and we can watch all 12 seasons in a night. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't even have to call the guy again. Nope. It's all right here. It's all right there. <laughs> I got thirty years of New Zealand Coke, New Zealand yeah, yo, just waiting to go. <laughs> That's and then it'll turn into like a Ted situation. Remember the move, Ted, where uh, where what? What's his face? Fucking Flash. Uh, Flash Gordon comes in, does blow with him. Yes. Ben Hogan comes in. Oh, he's here. He's here. <laughs> so, right. Is that the golfer? Yes. <laughs> All Hogan. of the Hogan. All three of them come in and says simultaneously. No. Paul Hogan smashes in with golf clubs and gives all of us a leg drop, all right? That does all of our blow and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it ends. It says, good night, mate. A knife. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm Crocodile Dundee. Bye. Right. <laughs> That's a famous line from the movie, right? 
Yeah, sure. something like that. Uh, oh shit. Well, I hope they. I don't know. They. Oh, actually, sorry. I don't want to end on a down note, but the Australia or the New Zealand government's going to destroy it. By by via what? I, they don't say. Maybe that's a lie. Maybe it's an inside job. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> We're going to destroy it. By the way, the uh, New Zealand Police Department's bull roast is this weekend. <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. All right. Well, I think it's time for a little segment that we. Oh, oh, that came from. Oh, good uh, God. Glorious. That was glorious. No, just keep going. Just keep going. Don't worry about the heartburn. Just yeah. use it. No, no. I was just, I was worried I was going to barf. Nothing about heartburn. Uh, a little segment we haven't done in quite some time. I think it's been a few months, but this is called One and Done. All right. Well, this One and Done is actually inspired by Brother Dewey Love, the person who discovered the Paul Hogan show and presented it to me. Um, For some reason, this past weekend, he was telling me how he was thinking about my penis. And we had a long discussion about my penis and the time that he saw my penis. I was unaware that he saw my penis. But you know what? During the discussion of my penis with your brother, Wes, um, I in no way, shape or form was embarrassed to know that he'd actually seen my penis. Now, backstory is that I was a little boozed up one night, and maybe was lying on my stomach and vomited in my own bed and was calling for help so that I didn't drown like Jimi Hendrix in my apartment in Elkton, Maryland, and they dragged me into the bathtub to where I stripped down and got myself nice, warm, and cozy in the uh, in the old tub. And uh, apparently they were checking on me, and uh, yeah, the old hog was just wild and free. So, my one-and-done question for you guys tonight, would you rather... Have all your friends see you naked, just strutting about in front of them, or would you rather see have all of your coworkers see you presented naked, and why? Alan, let's start with you. Um, Which is more embarrassing, I guess? I mean, I don't know. I guess... I would say, I guess my coworkers. I am fucking look. I am devoid of shame um, when it when it comes when the like the moment arises. You know what I mean? There's just like you've been to a keg race, like all fucking all decorum goes out the window. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm like, there's a picture of me somewhere after a keg race with just like beer vomit. Yeah. Down to my belly button. And actually, like, not, not... like power pointing at someone uh, from across the room. Like, it's a pretty iconic photo. So, like, I mean, I guess the work people, because, like, I would not, I fucking, I get naked in front of a room of, of like, y'all, no problem. I, I wouldn't, I'd be like, whatever. I don't care. Uh, so, I guess my coworkers, because they're less close to me. So, it, it feels like, you know, that I think that would just be slightly more embarrassing because I don't know, like, Fuck y'all. I don't give a shit what y'all think. Like, you know what I mean? So I think yeah. if, I'm, if I'm picking, I'm saying, I guess, work. Okay. And that's interesting. And I'll, I'll explain why after Wes. Yeah. And, you know, Alan, I, I don't know if, I don't know if you, you remember this, but there was one night where you and I pissed at the same toilet at the same time. Uh, so. <laughs> See? Exactly. I'm sure that's probably not the only time. I don't even know. I don't even think that it was like there was much of a line. I think we were just both like, oh, I got to pee. Me too, man. Let's pee at the same time in this toilet. Word. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so. I guarantee. I guarantee there was a Ghostbusters reference made. <laughs> Get him, Earl Stream Crossing. Get him, Egon. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, mine's not as mine's not as yellow as yours. 
Uh, we weren't even at a party. We were just in this house. We were hanging out. <laughs> There's no reason. Yeah, not that. Like I, this is this is a this is an interesting question because you have had some one and dones or back when it was three and out where it was like some serious grotesque. Would you rather this or that? Things that were just like you know almost. This is a kind of a lesser of two evils, but in a way that it. I don't. You know, would I be shamed or disgusted or grossed out for the rest of my life? No, not particularly. I think that co- I'm assuming there's no like human resource repercussions in this, right? I'm not, I'm not going to get shit canned after. Uh, no, 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 no. This is this is a like a like what which scenario are you more comfortable with? Stripping down and ha- being presented to your friends, or stripping down and being presented to your coworkers? And, and the reason I ask it though is because like. I was totally comfortable, like, knowing and talking to your brother about him seeing my dick. Mm-hmm. But then I started thinking about, like, man, but it worked. Like, what would that be like? But those people are essentially strangers to me. So what do I care what they think? I should care more about what my friends think. However, it would seem as though that the judgment would come more from the strangers and less from the close personal family friends. Yeah, but I also think that, like, it, in, in, it, it wouldn't get – because – my friend group just basically has no shame. Any little peccadillo or any little thing that's like that get that you know story from the past. It gets brought up tenfold a gajillion times, and then with each and every year, it gets more and more folklorey and more and more like fake and fictional. With the coworkers, I feel as though they just like it might get brought up once a year at a happy hour when everyone has a little like yeah. one too many margaritas. But like, hey, remember Wes fucking Wes gave us the fucking the 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 the, the bat wings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's exactly right. Like I think at work there's like this thin veil of like adult and professionalism that I can't, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm, I wax intellectual about systems that save lives in buildings and like as my day job. But then I'm also like blackout drunk crossing streams with fucking Wes, you know what I mean? In a, in a, in a, in a, in a bar bathroom that doesn't have a line, like things of that nature. They're like, he's right. There's like, I, I think that little, like, that little bit of the, of the veil of like these people don't really know who I like. My friends have already seen me worse than naked. I'm fairly certain. You know what I'm saying? Like, so no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what you're saying, but yeah, I, I mean, well, maybe not. Like, where I don't know what's worse than naked, but like, yeah, like they've seen some shit. I've seen some. We've done some shit. Whereas my coworkers, they haven't. They don't know. Yeah, they don't know what's coming. Was it good to? It's usually the first guy, the first guy that quit our pledge class. They they made a point for us to show you like what this meant, and they threw his pledge book down, set it on fire, and then made all of us piss it out in a circle. And we're like, uh, he's like, take your dicks out, piss on this damn thing. We're like, uh, oh, you aren't kidding. Okay, (laughs) you really you really meant to do that. Uh, Yeah, but I don't know what this proves, but and there's something to be said like. That the one who whipped his dick out first was the one who got the plaudits from from the the fraternity. Like you know, the fraternity was like, "Yeah, you see, this guy gets it." Yeah, be more like, be more like this pledge. <laughs> Whip your dick out first when we tell you to. Like, this, guy, <laughs> this guy gets it. <laughs> so that's kind of what you're asking the question to people, two people who've undergone that brainwashing, right? <laughs> so, 
Right. That's fair. No, I and I I always I, it was almost freeing having this conversation with your bro- your brother Wes because I was like, you know, no secrets. If like literally, there's like sh- the the shame of nudity is like the last secret barrier that has to be breached in order to like have like this moment of enlightenment enlightenment between like the people you care about the most for some reason. It's like because then there's nothing to hide. That shameful thing that you have to hide, it's now out in the open. Mm-hmm. And I actually feel freer now knowing that that's that's been exposed. But, but at work, I just yeah. feel like it like like it, it would come to somebody would make a snippy little comment like just out of, as a joke and it'd be like fuck you. And then there'd be like some fisticuffs that go down that like and there's got to be HR involved, and then there's got to be this, there's got to be that. So, yeah, I'm definitely taken in front of my friends. In fact, you know what? Right now. <laughs> Just put it on camera. Be more than your friends. <laughs> but no, like, I think, you're, I think yeah. there's something, I don't know. Yeah, like, I couldn't, you're right. I couldn't react a certain way if, like, a worker, a co-worker was like, so I, I get that. But, like, yeah, I fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. Who cares? I'd do either one, honestly. Okay. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. I'm... By the way, Wes, did you have to take the uh, mandatory shower in middle school? Did they still have that when you were there? No. And the, uh, there, there was there was a rumor mill that it was going to have to happen. So I kind of like mentally prepared myself. Like, okay, well, this is going to happen. And then, yeah, like <clears throat> the end of the first day of gym class, it was like, uh, it's like, oh, so we're, we're not getting naked. Wow. Okay. Wild. <laughs> Wait, so Mer, Mer, did you shower in middle school? We, we had to. There was like a mandatory shower day. Uh, uh, Wes knows the iconic uh, Mr. Hammond. Uh, it was like, all right, get to the locker room, strip it down. Everybody getting showers. It's getting great. We were you're getting graded. It's mandatory. Mm, so it was like that. Sounds like the behavior of a predator. Uh, <laughs> but can you can you imagine like the, the paradise? So Mer graduated high school when I was in, when I was in eighth grade So think about that. So he was in middle school when I was in, you know, in the early, the middle to latter part of elementary school, like the paradigm shift that took place in that three and a half to four years where I don't know, someone raised hell or some PTA Mm -hmm. member was like, "Mm," or some teacher was like, you know, I think we just got to give up on this whole nudity thing, you know, just let it go. And yeah, it happened. No, we didn't have to do it. The only thing, the other thing too, I had like a couple of those um, run of the muck bullshit uh, uh, gym classes, like my junior and senior year of high school, ones that like just <clears throat> the electives that I didn't have to take. But I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to take a gym class because I'm fucking jock. This is what I do. And uh, there's a couple <laughs> couple times where I had them turn the showers on and would just like get my hair and like the back of my neck wet and then go to class. And I can't think of how fucking grimy. I was and how much I sweat playing basketball for an hour and a half and then to like just get my hair wet and put put uh put deodorant on and not shower fully and then th- throw normal Dude, clothes on and go 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 to, go to a math class. I think I'm pretty sure that like after football season the showers in the high school like weren't turned on until football season again. Because I'm pretty sure if you turned them on, like they would spray like rust for like the first like 30 seconds. Because mm-hmm. I I never I never showered in high school. I I didn't want to. Why would I? I mean, that's a group of quote unquote friends that are also strangers. And I bring up the middle school thing because I learned during that mandatory shower session that there were some dudes 
that were way too comfortable getting naked mm. in front of everyone. Yeah. And then and then there was the normal folks that were like really like myself, very apprehensive. I did it because I had to, but I did not enjoy it. But there were some that were using that shower room like a slip and slide, uh, maybe grabbing each other in areas of the body that shouldn't be grabbed by middle schoolers, even if the even amongst middle schoolers. It was a it was an interesting experience. No, look, that's I think any any like any group, right? Like, like the say West, your pledge class, probably same thing, right? At some point. You got down to either naked or basically naked at some point in time, and there was there was the group that was like, "We're not doing, we're not doing that, right?" And yeah. then there was like the group, like in the middle where I was, where I was like, "Are we? Are we? Okay." And then just go ahead. And then there was the group that, well, honestly, for us, it was just like one dude who like. They were like, "All right, guys, go ahead, take." And he was already naked; like he didn't even get. They didn't get the fucking sentence out. Uh, so, I like, heard, I feel I like that's the, just kind of how it is, right? I heard the inflection in your voice. I knew what you were going to say. I heard yeah, the, yeah. Oh, you said take take my clothes off, right? <laughs> Pants first. Uh, he was that kind of guy. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it happens, man. Like. People don't be ashamed about being naked. This is uh, this isn't a story. We're, again, we're going off on tangents here. Before we get to Fun Fact Friday, uh, this isn't necessarily <clears throat> Murray. You, you you jarred something loose in my memory. All right, so this this involves the high school, uh, and then in soccer. <clears throat> so prior to school starting, we were still doing two a days for 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 soccer. <clears throat> you know, two weeks before the first day of class, and this is Givens, the gym coach. Who, who later became my basketball coach uh, for, for most of high school. Uh, and he hated a lot of people. But anyway, between... <laughs> it was mutual, don't yeah. worry. Oh, yeah. Between the first uh, practice and the second practice, I, uh, I did what any 14-year-old would do and had myself a, a, a cheesesteak and some, uh, some Mountain Dew and some chips. And by the time uh, the warm-ups were commenced for the afternoon practice, I heard a... I was like, oh, oh. Yep. If I take, if I run anywhere, I'm going to poop my pants right here in the soccer field. So I begged coach. I was like, listen, I'll, I'll run whatever I got to do. I know we're in, we're, we're still in conditioning. We're not even seeing a soccer ball, but yeah, this like something bad's going to happen here. You have to call the guy, forget the goddamn janitor. You're going to have to call the fucking coast guard. If I, if I, if I have an accent here in the middle of the field, so he's like, all right, just go and <clears throat> get up there, do my business. And lo and behold, they haven't stocked any of the uh, any of the toilets with any toilet oh, paper. Oh, brutal! Yeah, so I was like, "Oh man!" And so I was like, "All right, maybe they got paper towels." Nope, no paper towels. So I kind of waddle in, and and it wasn't him; it was the other coach, Dorset. He was reading the newspaper, and I was like, "Oh, excuse me, sir." Mind you, I, I I'd been to the school twice, once maybe to watch a basketball game when I was in middle school. I was like, you know, uh, I was just using the bathroom and there's no toilet paper. He's like, oh, yeah, come uh, come with me. We'll get you some toilet paper. We walk across the gym floor. He asked me if I had flat-soled shoes on. I didn't. Didn't know what flat-soled shoes were. I was like, oh, uh, yeah. And we get to where the gym meets the cafeteria in bus Charles Givens. 50-year-old black dude. He was like, hey, what's up? What do you guys want? It's like, uh, yeah, Mr. Uh, I was like, Fox, Mr. Fox here was using the bathroom. There's no toilet paper. So you need some toilet paper? How much toilet paper do you need, son? It's like, 
the normal amount after you fucking diarrhea dookied all over a toilet? I don't know, man. <laughs> I was like, I gave like a, I gave a measurement with my fingers that was about a foot and a half, like that much. And uh, so he walks away. And I had to have this awkward conversation with this gym coach while I'm still kind of like clenching my butt cheeks. And yeah, he comes back and he goes, here you go. It's about half of what I asked for. I was like, oh, great. I'll make do. And then they both realized I had cleats on and they were like, get off the floor, get off the gym floor. And I had to like kind of run across the gym floor, semi waddled style. And then coach was like, where the hell have you been? It's like, oh, I just run. I'll just run. So. I'm just going to run. <laughs> How much toilet paper do you need, son? Uh, <laughs> Half a roll. <laughs> Sir, uh, you don't want to know the answer to that. Uh, all right. <laughs> Let's fun fact Friday it up. All right. Let's get to some mental floss. Amazing facts. Brought to you, of course. By the Shin Splints Recovery Group and our brand new sponsor, Flat Earth Science. What is it? The 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 the, the quest for the truth. Quest for truth. And by the way, they just posted a really educational video. I mean, this hard is like of hard hitting of the utmost accredited fact finding thing you could ever imagine. Check it out. Okay. Yeah. Make sure you find it on Facebook. Just search for Earth. What is it? Flat Earth Science on Facebook. Just search God for Earth. <laughs> <laughs> the real, real Earth. Okay, the Flat Earth. Let's get to it. Some amazing facts on your Fun Fact Friday. Did you know Chuck Yeager, who was born on this day 100 years ago, will forever be known as the first man to break the sound barrier when he piloted the experimental Bell X-1 rocket plane to record speeds back in October 1947. He would repeat the feat 65 years later at the age of 89 as the co-pilot of an F-15D launched from Nellis Air Force Base. What, was that... Hold on. Okay, maybe I'm, like, mixing up. I One, I don't know all those facts. I knew he was the first person to break the sound barrier. Did they... Was he the one that they sent into space again, like, 10 years ago as, a, as an old man, or was that... Was that one? That was of, John Glenn. Was that John? Okay, okay, okay. I I remember that. No, I did not know that. Uh, Fifty six years later, they also performed the same feat again. Jesus, God, what a badass! Goddamn right, because not, not one of us has broken the sound barrier. And eighty nine years old, fucking like cracking that shit. But I mean, but honestly, go back to when he did it for the first time. They didn't know what would happen. They didn't know if like the sound barrier would just like blast through your body and just like explode everything around you and this motherfucker's like fuck it i'm doing it yeah. like, these are the kinds of like we talk a lot about toxic masculinity in the current era well god damn it sometimes you need a little bit of masculinity sometimes it needs to be toxic to fucking create some progress in this goddamn world you should look at the little he grew he was born in myra west virginia i don't even think this town has like a like a crossroad. It's an area. <laughs> it's, a, it's a village. <laughs> it's, it's, no, it is a no, it's not a village. On the it's map an area. Where, <laughs> it's, where three roads meet. And all I'm looking at it as close as I can see. And there's a tractor trailer on the side of the road. That's it. 
And that's now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 1923 when he's born. That's, right. where, one fa- that's where one family lives. Yeah. Well, yeah. dude, I see the pictures of my, my uh, grandfather. I mean, like, one of, like, 15 kids in, like, rural South Carolina. Like, w- just wearing burlap shorts <laughs> and nothing else. It's like, like, there's been a lot of progress in the last uh, 100 years. Including breaking the sound barrier, which is yeah, phenomenal for a guy who basically just strapped himself to a, a big metal box full of rocket fuel. <laughs> I wonder what they, what the whole like, it, it, what the surroundings were with the stunt of him doing it fifty six years later. I mean, I, I'm not saying stunned, but <clears throat> like, do you think, do you think someone, someone uh, maybe fronts the money for like a uh like a spanky spangler or like a uh, uh, uh christ who was the guy who f- flew over caesars in his bike and his son uh tried to you know, like the, the stunt man Harry, talking about evil can evil can evil and then his son robbie can evil like people there are there are people who front money for the whole production of those i'm wondering if there was something like that well, I, I think it was, you know, hey, old Chuck ain't going to be with us much longer. Uh, he's 89. And I think that the F-15D, now I am I know a little bit about aircraft, but I think the F-15D was like the prototype for what became the F-22 Raptor. Because the F-15 was on its way out. And so D is a pretty high number for a a, a fighter jet. Okay. So they w- so it would be pretty advanced for an... And F-15, which would have been super advanced in the 1980s, and D would mean it was super, super duper advanced for whenever he did it. And so it was just like to commemorate this badassery, let's get some bitch back up there. He wants to go, and we want to see him do it. Yeah, man. And then Maverick did it, but under <laughs> much more strenuous circumstances. <laughs> John Maverick. John Maverick, is that what you're going with? No, it's, it's, I don't even know. It's like, I know his real, his fictional name, but I've drawn a blank. Okay, well, then we'll wait for it. <laughs> John Rambo, Maverick, Hogan. <laughs> okay, yeah, I would argue the Crocodile Dundee is actually a more iconic character than John Maverick. <laughs> Bullshit. Pete Mitchell, sorry. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> Did you know Simon West, director of Con Air and The Expendables 2, also directed Rick Astley's 1987 video for Never Gonna Give You Up? Wow. Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Never gonna. So that just goes to show you he he saw beauty in not only the voice but the aesthetics of a man like Rick Astley, who was a beautiful man. He didn't have to have some far fetched thing of like you know ex cons or or cons taking over a plane, you know, and what whatever else the what would you say the uh, what was the second one after Con Air Expendables two? Yeah, he didn't do all that nonsense. <laughs> that's a hell, that's that's a good resume though. You know, that's it's not bad. I mean, <laughs> I, yes, I will say it's good. It is a good resume. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, look, it's decent. I know all three of those things. <laughs> yeah, Nick Cage's character from that is iconic. Let me tell you that. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, not, it's no, it's no Spielberg, but Cameron Poe. I'm aware of all three of his works. 
<laughs> imagine that was that. Imagine if those were his only three jobs. If they were his only three jobs. So what have you done? Well, I've only done three things in my career. What's that? I directed Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up video. Okay. Um, I did uh, Con Air. Holy shit. Okay. And Expendables 2. Hmm. Somehow the least impressive of the three. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> that's better than a lot of people's accomplishments in lifetime. Put that resume Would up you... against mine. <laughs> I could blow them away. Here you go. Would you argue, considering the longevity of Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up, especially since it became a meme and a like viral thing, is that the most accomplished work that he's ever done? Uh, the the director? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone could have directed that. What are they? You had some uplighting. You have a couple strobe lights. You had like uh, a Rick Astley and a wife beater with a with a white dress shirt unbuttoned. Kind of flailing yeah. around, you know, and it, yeah. And then he was doing the Carlton dance for like five minutes right. while singing the song. Indoor was black and white. Outdoor was color. You know, a couple different lenses. You know, I, I, uh, it didn't. Michael Bay could have done better, but that's OK. You know, <laughs> hey, check the cast out in Con Air. Nick Cage, Cusack, Malkovich, Steve Buscemi and Danny Trejo. Mm-hmm. And Chappelle. Fuck, I forgot he was in that. Joe Parker, iconic. Talk about iconic. Dude, Con Air is Con Air is a good bad movie, in all honesty. It's just it's so bad it's good. It that voice that Nick Cage is doing mm-hmm. is god awful. I don't even know what that is. It's not an accent yeah, performed bad. by any human on any continent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really bad actually. I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember I, that. I I brought you this. Hands are a fucking sweaty fucking bunny rabbit or some shit. <laughs> uh, I I made it out of my I made it out of my uh my Michael Bolton hair. <laughs> Found this Rick Astley tape. <laughs> it kept me going because I'm never gonna give you up. Did you know? Before making his way to California, David Tran fled Vietnam on board a freighter ship named the Hoi Fong. When he started selling sriracha sauce in the U.S., he named his brand Hoi Fong after the boat. I feel like I should have paid a little more attention. He was on, uh, it might have been Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, but it wasn't Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. It was some sort of food network thing, like how they make it. It may have even been uh, with Andrew Zimmern, where they... They deep dove into his, uh, you know, his, his, uh, the main plan. I'm sure there's dozens of them all over the place, but it was incredibly interesting. But no, I didn't know it was what? Hoi Fun? Hoi Fong. It was no fun. <laughs> um, Hoi Fong. Yeah. It was just the name of the freighter that he fucking, like, basically stowed away on to, to get to America. But what I find fascinating about, not just about the fact, but like, this guy created a sauce. This guy, I know I might be going a little too deep on this, but in the history of the world, this guy found the perfect blend of spices and ingredients to create one of the best-selling condiments of all time. Like, that's amazing. That's just amazing. Sriracha's fucking... I didn't discover Sriracha until about two years ago, and I was like, this is the perfect blend of hot and sweet 
and sour and just all the things that your tongue loves. Oh my God. Sriracha. No wonder everybody loves it. It's delicious. It is pretty good. There was actually, really, do you guys remember Orange is the New Black? I mean, I know of it. I didn't watch yeah. it. Yeah. They, 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 they set up a fake kind of what would be what you describe as like a student council within the, <clears throat> with, you know, they have uh, inmates who they've elected as part of like a, a board that has a vote. Uh, and it's all fake, by the way. But after the first meeting, even one of them says, "Like, yeah, I'm gonna vote. I'm gonna get that red sauce with the motherfucking rooster. I put that shit on everything." You know what she's <laughs> talking about? It's sriracha. It's sriracha sauce. Uh, any guesses on this guy's net worth? Ooh, a lot. I'm gonna say five billion. Five billion? No. <laughs> you said that's, that's hey, a listen, lot of money hey. for some sauce. <laughs> Let me tell you something. But, okay, there's been plenty of people who have created a sriracha-esque sauce mm-hmm. that's not sriracha. Okay, you know so what I'm saying? The, the, the business itself is worth about a billion. He, uh, Alan, any guesses? Um, net worth? A uh, couple hundred million. Two, 250. 80. Oh, okay. That yeah. was I way overshot it. I mean, you know, only okay, 80 Hold million. on. I got to pause here a second. Anytime somebody says, anybody want to guess what his net worth is? It's usually a ridiculous number. Okay. 80 million for a guy who's got a global brand. To me, I feel like he's been lowballed. I feel like he's lost somehow. He's getting, he's getting scammed. Yeah. I do. I feel yeah. that way. He's getting sriracha <laughs> I mean, I felt like 5 billion would be like, this guy's got a global brand, one of the greatest selling condiments of the last 20 years. I figured Damn. he would be he probably, worth more than $80 million. He probably went to one of the sharks and they, you know, it was like, <laughs> Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary fucked him over. I want 20% of your business. Actually, Alan, do you, have you ever seen Shark Tank? Like the show? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, yes. That, I, I really like that show. I don't watch it as much as I used Do to. I. But I, and that's what I'm saying. Murr hit me up randomly. This is like 10 years ago. Because we, we, this is when we were still flo- kicking around the idea of flow cakes. And these people are like having like serious reservations about selling out. Like, you know, sharks, I want 400000 400, for 5% of my business. And they're like, all right, I'll give you 400000 for 20%. And like, mm. And Nearly every time I'm like, do it, do it, come on. And I saw one last night and I, I get it. It's your fucking baby. It's like, you know, what you've poured blood, sweat and tears and nearly every cent in your bank account over. And probably then some, you're probably in, you're probably negative, but man, like fucking bite your fucking, swallow your pride. Give up 15% of that company. Dude. My perspective is exactly what Wes is talking about. It's, look, what are you doing now? Are you delivering mail? Is that what you're doing right fucking now? Would you like to get in bed? If one of these sharks makes you an offer, even if it's a bad offer, you're looking at a million dollars a year in your bank account. Mm. That, you're retired in 10 fucking years. Easy. And you're living large in 10 years on that retirement. Fucking take whatever. If they even offer you, fucking take it. Don't fucking do that whole like, can we have a minute to go outside the doors and talk for a second? No, you can't. Then that's a deal. <laughs> like fucking Nick Cage your way to a fucking retirement plan. End of story. I don't care if they want 65 fucking percent of my goddamn business. Can I work for you? Yeah. Then you're guaranteed to make $150,000 a year, which is still more than you're making 
delivering mail. Yeah, isn't the the American dream to sell out, man? Fucking goddamn right, that's, it is. That's the American dream. Sell out, bro. Whatever. What's the next fact? You got yeah. something selling out? Did you know Ted DiBiase? <laughs> in 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 19th century rural Austria, ladies looking for love would cram a slice of apple under their armpit during dances. At the end of the night, she would give the well-worn fruit to the man she most fancied. If he reciprocated her feelings, he'd prove it by gobbling down that apple slice. And those Austrians are kinky as fuck. I knew it. Those God Austrians. right. <laughs> Alan, you've met a couple kinky Austrians, huh? You know it, buddy. <laughs> Look, this is one thing we know about Austria. It's <laughs> depravity. Sexual depravity. <laughs> that's, that's their national motto. <laughs> well, as soon as I read that, I thought of uh, Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade, where she, she's like, this is how we say goodbye in Austria. And she gives him this big fucking mouth sucker, and then she, like, bites his lip and pulls away. And I'm like, oh, god damn, I'd eat your apple slice, baby. Yeah. yeah. Fun, fun fact, though, it goes both ways. So, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger does that when he meets you and you leave. So... <laughs> Yeah, you got it. You take it. You take it for what it's worth. You know, yeah, man. I'd, I'd I'd kiss the Terminator. Fuck it. They're they're polite people. <laughs> is what I'm saying. I I also think it's like this is it goes both ways too. Because like you figure, okay, I got some apple slices up in here. I'm gonna dance around. I, I got you know, God forbid the wave or some sort of dance that requires an up movement. I got to be like the from the unsure deodorant commercial, and I can't like I can only, <laughs> can't can't go that high, right? <clears throat> and then. You've danced around, presumably, these are balls, right? You called it, it wasn't a dance, it was a ball. Yes. Right. Hours of dancing. Yeah. You have the gall to hand it to a man that you're like, hey, I've chosen you. And this just goes to show you that men are fucking shameless pigs. They're like, hell yeah. Mm. Let's go. Yeah, because you know, (laughs) you know you're getting a slice of something a little sweatier when you get back to the room. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's when you t- that ball music really did me in let's put in some r kelly <laughs> austrian 1930s r kelly <sighs> and finally did you know oh this is gonna take me a second this is latin and i don't know it um sterculium pelculium is a latin insult that literally translates to Public poop pile. Mm. I'm kind of waiting for a rebound for that public poop pile. Alan, we could probably, you know, we yeah. got some influence, right? I think so. Stock a well, lilium, what, what this gives me, like, more joy than it should is that, like, people were calling each other a piece of shit, like, eons ago, thousands of years ago. There was an eloquent way to call someone. A piece of shit. You're a public poop pile. Sacolidium Quilium? S-T-E-R-C-U-L-I-N-U-M. Sterculium Publicium. There you go. Sterculium Piculium. That's when you got... I'm sure the public schools that still teach... Or private schools, rather, that still teach Latin. That's when you gotta, like, really fucking... Throw the curveball at the class. Point at the kid that's just being an asshole. Stockholium, colilium. <laughs> you don't know what that means. 
Idiot. Welcome to welcome to pharmaceuticals and insults. I'll be your teacher. That's <laughs> <laughs> feces. Is that maybe, maybe something else? Whatever. <clears throat> and that, my friends, is your fun fact Friday. All right. Uh, hey, on tonight's before you go, we are bringing you another action-packed good bad movie review. And Alan was looking to rebound from his latest carrot top flick, and I think he did in a major way. Uh, Alan, take it away with your good bad movie review. Yeah, rebound is right, guys. That was I, that was the literal torture that I put myself through last time watching a carrot top film. <laughs> yeah, and that was a bad bad movie. There was no good in that. At yeah, there all. was no redeeming qualities to, uh, to it at all. Uh, fucking, it's got famously made fun of by Norm Macdonald on a late night talk show. Like it was bad. So we move on. I think we've upgraded. I think you guys agree that we've upgraded. And my next good bad movie this evening I'll be discussing is called The Adventures of Power. That's right. The Adventures of Power is Power Singular because that is the name of the main character. This gentleman named Power. Here, I'll read you. I'll read you IMDb snippet and then we'll kind of dive into it. Did you guys watch it by chance as I pulled it? I watched the shit out of it and I enjoyed every fucking second of it. Thank God. I watched it as I watched it as well. Yeah. Nice. Did you did you enjoy it? I, I, I did, and I have a couple like <laughs> there's I have a couple things to say about it. <laughs> okay, okay. So, Adventures of Power storyline. This is this is a, a very concise uh, uh, synopsis. So, Adventures of Power is an epic comedy about a mine worker, copper mine in in New Mexico. Should I should I add named Power, whose love of drums and lack of musical skill has turned him into the ridiculed air drummer of his small town. But when Power's union leader father calls for a strike at the mine, Power discovers an underground subculture of air drummers who just might hold the key to changing the world. Power's journey across America brings him face-to-face with his town's greatest enemy and allows him to discover the beat within his own heart. And I think that's, that's pretty well said. So, in, in short, this movie is a little bit Napoleon Dynamite, a little bit Spinal I think is a good way to kind of kind of bring it in for everybody. Um, but power, a young man who has aspirations of 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 drumming, but he can't because his father can't afford drums. He takes to air drumming, but then gets ridiculed by the town and his 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 coworkers at the copper mine for air drumming because it's childish and trivial. So power stumbles across after after a, a series of mishaps and getting let go from the the power the copper mine. Uh, Power makes his way to Mexico after finding an advertisement for an underground air drumming competition. Uh, he goes to said air drumming competition uh, and fails miserably trying to play uh, Tom Sawyer by Rush. Um, that'll be cr- critical, a critical drum piece to this film. Um, at which point he meets a ragtag ba- uh, band of air drummers based out of New Jersey, led by a man named Carlos, uh, who he Power then goes to train with before go moving on to the national air jumping competitions. Uh, and then, yeah, lots of love, loss, and, and just adventure in this plucky coming-of-age film. <laughs> <laughs> Murr, your, your follow-up on that synopsis. Well, I have to say that I actually like laugh cried at one point when Power gets on the boat to go across the uh, t- from like New Jersey to New York. Yeah, the, the Hudson. Yes. Yeah. And uh, because it, it, it's a story of inspiration, it's it's a story of somebody who won't quit, no matter how dumb it is, and no matter how big the odds are. Like I am, 
inspiration can be found in the dumbest fucking thing in the world, such as air drumming. And it, it's just, he's an indelible character who you can't help but like. And I, I, it, 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 in the stupidest way possible, it made me really think about my own life. <laughs> <laughs> it does kind of, right? It's so weird. Uh, Wes, so I, okay, so I I was equating this to a Happy Gilmore meets uh, uh, meets Pitch Perfect. Okay, <clears throat> in the Pitch Perfect way, you're you're swept into this world of fake, you know, fake music. You know, and and then in Pitch Perfect sense, that's what it's uh, acapella competitions. Mm. You know, and and then oh boy, the acapellas yeah, are gonna come after us, man. Fuck, fine, yeah. But uh, it's canceled. Assaulted. I, I first of all, like the the, the cast is pretty. Anything Michael McKean, I'm like kind of like okay, this is gonna be funny. Yes, um, Jay Lynch. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Adrian Grainer from um, yeah. from uh, from uh, Entourage. Entourage. Yep. But okay, so when Carlos is giving Ari Gold or not Ari Gold Power the the rundown. At this point, I already know it's a movie that's intended to be dumb. I already know that's a movie intended to like <clears throat> be satire and sat- satirical by its nature. And then when he's explaining, like he's watching Adrian Griner's or Griner's uh, whatever uh, character Dallas actually play drums. He's like, anyone can play drums. It bounces back. It takes the muscle memory and the muscle coordination for you to hit air and bring it back. And I was like, yeah, it, it does. Wait a minute. What am I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually being convinced by this guy that this is a fucking skill. And I, think <laughs> on, I think you touched on that. So uh, Adrian Grenier is, is powers like enemy in this film. And they come from two different worlds, right? So power, poor, can't afford drums, loves drumming, air drums as a substitute. Adrian Grenier, very rich, comes from like oil family. What is very talented at actual drums, but his oil magnet father thinks that actual drums are a waste of time and that air drumming is where he needs to focus his time. And it's absolutely preposterous, but also frames it in such a way right. that really makes it aspirational. I also think uh, uh, Nick Kroll as the MC during the competition kind of steals the show. That's true. I forgot about that. I also could. He's like for the grand prize of two thousand dollars, <laughs> uh, and then he gets attacked because what uh, the the band the bandmate does air tambourine or something or other and it's not no, bo- like or bongos air, bongos yeah. which is an air drumming by by the nature yes yeah. yeah so at the end there's a major competition <laughs> right and there's they meet uh one of the one of the carlos gyms train uh uh dr- air drummers gets disqualified uh because air bongoing is not air drumming well let's not give away the whole oh, movie sorry sorry okay. sorry we want, to, we yeah. want people to we want people to witness the adventures yeah. of power you should really see the end. Um, and, and that really is the catalyst at the end of the movie. Thank you, Murph, for what I would call the, the emerging of, from the cocoon of power. Sure. Of the and character of power. There's also redemption. Uh, yeah. The girlfriend, uh, the girlfriend's mother, and you know, not liking the relationship that's right. happening. The, 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 oh. d- the deaf girlfriend who can feel the vibration. Yes. Yeah, she can. She can even... Oh, it's critical to know that she's deaf because of live music yes yeah and and she can feel the vibration not just of any music but of powers 
air drumming ability. An ability, a musical ability that creates no percussion. She can feel and see the music. <laughs> and when, and when, but, but the point is, is that Power's inability to give up causes an entire town to have the inability to give up mm-hmm. on their strike against the copper mind. And because there's because of this, he saves an entire town and accomplishes his life's mission of proving that air drumming is not a yeah. monumental waste of fucking time and talent. That's true. There's some union busting in here, so there's there's fun for the whole family. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's a it's a feel good story. Thirty. Let's see here. Thirty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So yes, this does qualify as a good. Bad movie, thirty nine percent on the met the uh, was it the medicine audience scale? Yeah, so, so hey man, I whatever. Yeah, yeah no. five five point nine from IMDb. Yeah, yeah, I think this is firmly in good bad movie range. Uh, if you like, if you like heartfelt comedies, this is right up your alley. Um, don't take it too serious. If you like Christopher Guest movies, this yes. is a great substitute. Absolutely correct, correct. Well, yeah, yeah. job well done, Alan. Uh, applaud the, uh, the the good bad movie. Mer- Glad you enjoyed it. Uh, I actually let me before because if my wife listens to this, which she will not, she does not listen to us. I, mm. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, but if I don't say that she found this film as we were perusing bad movies on the internet, she will probably kill me uh, or make me buy her a Valentine's gift. One of the two, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, whichever one's worse. <laughs> now you owe me a DVD copy. Asshole. <laughs> Laser disc. Ah. Uh, all right, Alan, uh, tell the all the children's and all the uh, shin splints having Earth Flatter Sciencers where you can find the middle class holes. You can find all of the pertinent information that relates to painful shins and flat planets at MDL class holes on Instagram and Twitter. That's right. I, I, at MDL class holes on Instagram and Twitter. We're the middle class holes on Facebook and TikTok. And for your listening pleasures, please check us out on Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We don't even fucking bother with emails anymore. Why? Yeah, that's right. Hey, uh, we got a couple uh, a couple comments from some huh. listeners. Uh, I'm going to read these out of order and leave the best for last. So this comes from TikTok. Uh, Subconscious says this is the uh, video where I had said I have a reoccurring dream where I have some eligibility to play some high school sports where I don't shit myself or presumably shit in the bathroom and there's no toilet paper, uh, but I can't find my way to the arena. Uh, and I, but before I said that, I said, do you know what happens? Uh, Ryan Jackson, five, two, five regular listener says you injure yourself <laughs> because I did have some bad ankles, uh, and had some, some <clears throat> not chronic issues. Fuck you, Ryan. Uh, and then grapes, four, four grapes, four, four says, <laughs> how the fuck are you 40? Uh, he didn't respond <laughs> to my questions, but hey, I appreciate it, man. I, I don't know. I, Coco Chanel cream didn't smoke too much. Genetics and uh, a we're good just li- not Nate. We're not in 4K. A good lighting kit, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, if we were if we were in 4K, it'd look like a corpse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like when when the lights go down, bro, I look like the Crypt Keeper. Grapes four four. Grapes four four. Um, this is a uh, mother mother fu on Facebook. This is more of a sentimental one. This comes from uh, Sydney Park Cindy Parker DeBonis Combs. This is a family friend of mine. Uh, she's talking about my dad and his good friend Everett. I can hear uh, Alan and Everett. Uh, I can hear Alan 
right now telling Everett about this, laughing their asses off. Both have passed away. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, this comes via Lee Abbey and the Fine Arts Degree clip on YouTube. Alan, do you remember the Fine Arts Degree? Uh, yeah, I think I vaguely remember <clears throat> being like, oh, I used to make fun of some... I was, well, I used to make fun of fine arts degrees, and then forgot there was I was in mixed company. <laughs> your boss, your boss, which, by the way, which happens, which your, happens. Yeah, well, she's fine. Uh, but you, uh, Lee Abbey just simply said Newcastle United. I guess I saw the magpies. Fuck uh, yeah, scarf behind. Tune, tune. So that's right. And lastly, this comes uh, from in or around the face. Uh, Alan, this is where you were talking about the uh, daughter. Like if I want to see if I want to see titty, I'm going to see titty. I, all I know about strip clubs is dong. It gets in or around the face. This is N. <laughs> I'm assuming it's Newcastle United fan N U N U F C underscore fan 1977 comment of the week. Maybe they'll see Peggy Bundy there with Marcy. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to know if it's an American Newcastle fan or a Newcastle Newcastle fan talking. That's more impressive if they're from there. Yeah. I I, I responded. I said any married with children references will get yeah. mentioned on the podcast. Thank Absolutely. you. Appreciate you it. Get, you want to get on. Talk, talk about the bunny. You betcha. <laughs> yeah. You guys remember Marcy's last name? Darcy. 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 That's, yeah, right. that's when, right. When she married Jefferson. I don't remember Steve's last name. Jefferson, remember <laughs> Jefferson? <laughs> yeah, because he was in fucking, uh, what was it Revenge of the Nerds, dude? Uh, I was going to say, you're going to say something really obscure. <laughs> mm. He was in Croc Hunter, Crocodile Dundee 4. He was the crocodile. I'm going to say something unpopular, but I thought Steve was a better foil to Al than Jefferson because Jefferson always sided with Al until Marcy came. Correct. Steve was always against Al as like some like new age fucking like feminist male. Yeah. And and so I I I kind of respected that dichotomy better. Yeah, Jefferson was like they were bros, right? They were going to get caught at the strip club together. Right, no man. Yeah. They were they were co-creators yeah, exactly. of no man, yeah. Whereas But like Jefferson Steve, was a bitch. Like Steve Steve let it slide to Marcy that they were that Al wanted to go to a strip club and then all hell broke loose. Right. We're both comedically relevant, but yeah, that's fair. And I, I don't, I, I, they, the audience wasn't responding well to Steve. They had to, that's he, true. he had to run I, away. I, I understand why Jefferson was much more handsome and, you know, they eventually pulled, they, they eventually explained it, that he was a CIA operative that was only embedded with Marcy for some kind of fucking, <laughs> undercover sting that was happening yeah. oh god was that like, like the seventh season when they adopt a kid i don't know i tapped out by that point yeah. bud's a rapper yeah, that was that that was that was like the very end that was yeah. like they, wrap up the show yeah they adopted when, a like kid uh, named, they adopted a kid named seven or something when uh mm-hmm. when when bud like when bud was no longer like getting bullied like a, a young teen or preteen getting bullied by his older sister. He was like a adult with an alcohol problem getting bullied by his older sister. <laughs> you were like, ah. I think the Bundy's has kind of worn its way, you know, yeah. worn its course. When he, when he, when he wasn't jerking off in the basement any longer, yeah. I think it, it when, lost when, its when real life, but when real life, Bud Bundy had like a cocaine addiction and he got arrested on the fucking evening news last night, <laughs> it was really hard to be like, Kelly, b- bully him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Bully David Faustino. Oh, all right. Yeah. I think we've uh, gone down the Married with Children path. All right, folks. 
Can I can I just leave you with one uh, very important quote? Oh, and I, and I, or I can I can I say something? Then you when you get yes. one quote. Hey, uh, very uh, heartfelt rest in peace to Tim McCarver, longtime uh, great catcher and commentator. When I hear mm-hmm. Tim McCarver's voice, I always thought of the World Series. My dad hated him, and maybe that's why I loved him. Rest in peace. That was good. Mine's that was so serious. You should have let me go first. No, you go now. Say, <laughs> you look, go now. <laughs> Take the, if you don't watch Adventures of Power, you take these words from me on behalf of Adventures of Power. And that's, I don't need drums. I am drums. Good night. Sometimes I may need a hand When I'm just too drunk to stay I don't need your sympathy Keep your judgment too Cause you just give it a little pull And my dick's strong Like bull Ready to satisfy my woman The whole night through I get drunk Most every day Everyone knows Do you look?